All right, Kevin Barker, we spend an awful lot of time this year talking about the Blue Jays' bullpen and uh, talked about the need for swing and miss stuff at the back end of the bullpen. And we, we've kind of talked about how the the Blue Jays' numbers, how the bullpen statistically probably is better than what it may often seem if you just if you just go on the eye test. Um, I, I, I thought tonight, you know, you just looking at the scorecard, a number of significant strikeouts, three of them turned in by the bullpen, <clears throat> two in particular by, by uh, Anthony Bass, and, uh, and, and then, you know, Adam Simber um, as well. It was a, uh, it was just a strong performance all around. I know the Red Sox lineup was weakened. They didn't have Bogarts, didn't have Arroyo, didn't have Pham. I get all that, but it was a close game. It was well pitched, good defense, and again, the the Jays bullpen came through. Yeah, I think they're getting to the point where whenever you give them the ball, you're not really worried about the outcome. You you think they're going to give you a, a quality outing and they're going to throw strikes. They're going to be competitive for the most part they were. Now, Tim Mesa sort of looked like he's had some time off with just mm-hmm. the quality of the stuff. The velocity was there. Uh, the break on the slider was there. It was just the quality of the stuff, right? The location of it. You'd rather him be outer corners. He left the ball down the middle to Devers. You know, he got the righty out. The two lefties got on base. That doesn't happen too often. You know, you'll give him a pass because he's had some time off. Anthony Bass came in, and it was slider city. Through seven pitches, through six strikes. Uh, he punched a couple of guys out. You know, that's sort of the new Anthony Bass is. He's pitching backwards a little bit. You use the fastball for show. Surprise. You eliminate people with the slider. Adam Simber. You know, uh, Jaron Duran, I, ninth inning. you have any idea why the, the nine-hole hitter's not bunting a guy over after a leadoff single? I have no idea, especially where the I Red know Sox he hasn't, are at. He, he hasn't dropped the sack bunt this year. That the, I guess, the only thing I can think of. When when you don't have your complete lineup, you know you you try and do things outside the box. You put your team in positions to succeed, and maybe you get a bloop there. You score an easy run that way. But trying to string together a couple of hits in a row, yeah, again, that's just you're you're feeding into what the Blue Jays are trying to do. And then you have George Springer come up, Jeff. I we talk about this all the time. What he adds to this lineup, he knows exactly when crunch time comes how they're trying to get him out. They want to get him out in off the plate. It, to have him expand because he's very aggressive. He wants action at the plate. He ain't up there to walk. And for him to be able to go up and be short and quick to the ball and stay inside the baseball and be able to get the barrel to 97 and get that big hit when they needed. That's, you know, we've said this before and we'll continue to say it. It's exactly why they went out and gave him $150 million bucks is for big times late in the season to carry them into Oct- <coughs> Oct- excuse me, October and go exactly where they want to go. So it was a complete game, right? You get good starting, you play decent defense, you get some timely hits. That's how you win a bunch of baseball games. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590-590. The number to call, you can text us uh, as well. I'm sorry, star 590-590 is the text line. The Blue Jays, 3-2 winners. They've won 6 of 7. They're now 12 games over 500. For the first time since August 7th, they've been over 1,300 once this year. That was August 4th. We'll get a chance to go over 13 games over 500 tomorrow when they wrap up the series and then move on to welcome the Los Angeles Angels uh, into Toronto. We've got to talk about Jose Barrios. We'll get there in a minute. Want to talk about the defense, though. Matt Chapman's play in particular, Kevin, 
on that double play in the third inning. We saw Bo Bichette make a nice play on Rob Refsnyder. The defense was really good tonight for the Blue Jays. But again, Matt Chapman <clears throat> playing basically over the shortstop plays in the shift, making that, that backhand, that, that, that flip to Bo Bichette, and then Bo turning the double play quickly. I mean, I know we sound like a broken record, but, man, Matt Chapman saved this team so many runs. He's just saved this team so many runs this year. He does. It, well, he gives a, a pitcher on the mound confidence enough to attack the zone. Don't don't nibble. Go right after it because he's got that side of the of the field taken care of. You know, it's pre-pitch setup. It's wanting the baseball. It's having a quick first step. Uh, you know, that backhanded play. I've tried that a couple of times at first base. you got to be real good at line driving that. You can't lollipop it. When you lollipop it, it's not going to get there. It's not going to be where you want it to go. You're sort of leading Bo Bichette enough to, you know, he's in the flow. He's catching it and throwing it. He's not having to reach behind and try and tag the bag and then throw it. It's That's elite stuff. And, again, we've seen him practice this. We've been at the field games now, not obviously diving like that, but actually making that little flip from where he has to make it. You know, when you do it before you know how it feels, you know how you have to position yourself to be able to do that to a defender, to a guy that you want to to catch it at the bag that you want the guy catching it at. It's, It's elite stuff. Again, he makes everybody else around him better and this is how you went on the road you have really good starting pitching you play good defense and you allow somebody to get a big hit that's what good teams do 416-870-0590 star 591 888-666-0590 kevin barker jeff blair at his blue jays talk jose brio six innings pitched five hits one walk six strikeouts gave up the home run in the second inning to franchi cordero after a leadoff walk to kike hernandez beyond that though kevin uh, did he build on that game we saw at Yankee Stadium? Keeping in mind that this was a guy that at home was one type of pitcher. On the road was a completely different type of pitcher. Then it's almost like recently he flipped the switch. His last home start, not that good. He goes into Yankee Stadium, is terrific. And then tonight, as I mentioned, six hits, five, or sorry, six innings, five hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Very much in control other than that, 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 that home run after the walk. I think, you know, now with the mechanics that he has, it's, he's simplified. He can repeat delivery. He's not – doesn't have as much hand movement that allows him to have the same <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the same release point over and over again. Early in the game, he was overthrowing the curveball. You know, when that thing's 84, 85, that's a bit hard. But maybe that's on purpose, right? He has better mechanics. He'd rather do that than have the little cement mixer where that gives a, a hitter a chance to, you know, get the foot down, recognize that, have a little time to have the separation and – get barrel to baseball and maybe that's on purpose because of the mechanics and how short and simple the arm speed is getting it to the slot over and over again it allows him to be able to overthrow it and his business are better with that you know i i, I do think the sinker and the change having the same arm uh, speed it, it had the same tunnel uh, it had the same movement and it was just about 10 miles an hour difference that for me was the difference again i've talked about this it was just odd the entire season that a guy with that much talent and that much experience was having trouble making in-game adjustments <clears throat> we saw that tonight the breaking ball was really not there what did you do you tunnel the same change up you just take a little bit off of it it has the same movement you get some cheap outs that way you can give yourself a chance that's exactly what it did. You take a quality start from Jose Brias on the road every single time Absolutely. out. Joe and Kitchener, you want to talk about the depth of the Red Sox bullpen, the depth of the Jays bullpen going into tomorrow? 
Yeah, so they obviously both went through a bag full of pitchers. And I'm just wondering, what does, what does that, is that an advantage to the Jays versus the Red Sox in terms of going through the next couple of games in the series? When you get a big game like this that goes deep and you use a bunch of relievers, what does that look like for the next two games as far as the depth of both, both bets? Well, I mean, it, you know, first of all, I think from the Jays' point of view, I'll let Kevin answer this as well, but from the Jays' point of view right now, this is about winning series. You've won this series. I think in that way you've got mission accomplished. Jordan Romano should be able to go tomorrow. Uh, that's the only thing I, I, I worry about. I think Garrett Whitlock pitched a couple of innings. I mean, I think the Blue Jays, frankly, depth-wise, are probably are probably okay here. But Kevin, it's, they've got they got Kevin Gossman <laughs> pitching tomorrow. Um this, this to me, I'm not ever saying you mail in a game, and I'm not saying that you decide, well, we'll burn all our relievers for one game and cross our fingers for the next, but I think you had to win this game with that type of star from Jose Barrios. You'll take your chances on Kevin Gosman giving you seven innings tomorrow, and then he can piece it together. I, 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 don't, I don't think too many guys will be down tomorrow. I could be wrong. Maybe Jimmy Garcia is down because we know they like to give him that extra day, but Romano should be good enough to go. The Angels coming in. Yeah, you know, I might even be looking at a situation tomorrow where if I need Romano to get more than three outs, I might be re- relying on him to do that. I, I think, too, I, I think for, for me tomorrow it's about the offense and Kevin Gosman. If Kevin Gosman can go out and throw strike one and, and be efficient and, and have quality outs, quality outs means, you know, you, you have action in three pitches. And if he does that, he'll give the Blue Jays a chance to – and John Snyder a chance to not have to piece it together and use – guys that he really doesn't want to use it's crunch time this time of the season you you have to maybe push certain guys that you don't really want to push you know i I don't know if they have to they'll go to jimmy garcia if they have to they'll go to jordan romano if they have to they got david phelps he didn't pitch tonight so that would be a big arm too so they got enough arms for for enough depth but for me it's about the offense piecing together you know against the pitcher that they should probably have some good at bats against and you know don't overthink it Think right center. I'll say this: as many, t- I was watching the right-handed hitters for the Blue Jays. If they don't go to sleep at night and have nightmares about the sliders, just your head's about to pop off. All you're ever getting is something middle away, and you're thinking about how to let it travel and keep the front side in and drive down and through it and think right center. I mean, if you don't have nightmares about that all the time, but again, you're in the advantage because of who you have starting the game. Kevin Gosman seemed to have found a second win. He's throwing harder. He's very consistent. I'm, he had one start there where the velocity was a little off. But other than that, he's locating. It has more bite to it. He's efficient. There's there's no sense he shouldn't go deep in the game tomorrow. Brian in Nova Scotia, you want to talk about Bo Bichette? Uh, yeah. <laughs> First of all, uh, gentlemen, I, I, I uh, love listening to you, uh, to you both. Thank you. Um, I'm a first-time caller, and if I don't get a chance to listen to you live, I always uh, go on Sportsnet afterwards and uh, listen to you anyway. So I don't Thank miss you very much. any of your broadcasts. Whereabouts are you from in Nova Scotia? I'm from uh, West Borders Lake, which is about uh, 40 minutes or so east of Halifax. Out nice. on a out on a out on a beautiful Porter's Lake, about 15 miles long. Uh, the uh, town is built around the lake, so it's pretty cool. Nice, nice. Uh, you want to talk about anyway? Uh, Thanks for the kind words. Yeah. Oh, you're most welcome. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, before I mention Bush, uh, Bichette, 
just to let you know, Kevin, I shouldn't say this because everyone will know who I am in my area. Uh, my last name is also Barker. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. So I tell everybody you're my younger cousin, but uh, <laughs> none, awesome. none of them believe none of them believe me because they say to me, Brian, you can't be Kevin's cousin because you're so good looking. So uh, great. Oh, nice. there you go. You're great good looking. Or you're good looking. You mean? Or, or Kevin's good looking. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, um, you have access to statistics on just about everything, but I got my own statistics on Bo Bichette. Uh, when he comes to the plate, next time you're watching him, uh, count how many times he spits. <laughs> and I'm serious about this. If he spits more than three times, he doesn't have a game plan, and usually he's not going to get a hit. But if he only spits a couple of times because he's not as nervous, he's not as strung out, and most times he'll get a hit. Just watch it next time he's at bat. We'll keep that in mind. We'll keep that in mind. We'll do the uh, maybe no, we can sir. have a we can have a spit meter with Bo or something like that. Because <laughs> God knows, God yeah, knows, but... Brian, the game needs more stats. I mean, it really does. <laughs> it doesn't need more spits though. <laughs> uh, and, 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 Anyway, gentlemen, I appreciate the time, and I hope you can uh, make a visit out in Nova Scotia sometime. Uh, I'm the best lobster cooker in uh, Ooh, North oh. America. So. Oh, wow. My wife that. is a lure. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for the call. I can do that. It's Absolutely. a great part of the country, but I keep saying that. I know, like, I'm a travel agent for the Maritimes, but if you get a chance, it is it is tremendous. I, You know, Kevin, it, all kidding aside about Bo, uh, another single tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I maybe he looks more comfortable. I know the results aren't there. I, I I don't necessarily think, but I'm not noticing as much him as much in a negative way now. And maybe that's because he's hitting he's hitting down in the order. And I, maybe John Schneider's hitting something here, right? You know, maybe. May, I, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's very hard to tell. Uh, but I, I do think that maybe you just come to the realization it's one of those years. I've said this to you I, because I've had him. I'm, I'm we, we had we had Chipper we had Chipper Jones on today. He said the exact same thing. I mean, he he pointed. You know, the one time that you asked him in the twenty however many years he played, he yep. knew exactly the year that he hit two forty five. Like he just yep. knows. Every once in a while, you have a bad year. And for me, this is Bo. You look at his first at bat. He swings at a ball that's four inches off the plate. He grounds out. The the single that he gets right down the middle. He gets a good pitch to hit Jeff. It's not mechanical. Like, I understand the big leg kick and him trying to drop the back elbow and get the barrel in the hitting zone and have a link to that, and he's an inside-out guy. He thinks right center all the time. You'd like to use, you'd like him to try and use the entire field all the time. But for me, it's simple. The better pitches he can get, the more contact he makes. And when he contacts with the barrel and hitting the baseball because he can do special things, he has success. When he doesn't, he grounds out the shortstop. Uh, a couple of people weighing in in the text line about the bullpen. Brandon in Toronto, did the Jays quietly acquire the best reliever at the deadline? Anthony Bass has been dominant. And uh, Chris in Vancouver, bullpen has literally been one of the best in baseball over the past six weeks. Got to give them some love. I mean, Chris, you're right. The numbers, it, again, it's odd. If you look at the Jays' bullpen, statistically, they're kind of in the middle. Just about every, just everywhere. They're just, they're, they're in the middle. They, we've talked about it. They don't get a lot of swing and miss. They do give up 
some hard contact. But again, the the end product over six weeks, Chris, you're right. Over six weeks, it's been a pretty good bullpen. And, and Kevin, this gets to something you said on Blair and Barker a couple of days ago. I think what we're seeing now is John Schneider and Matt Bushman and Pete Walker, they know what they have in Anthony Bass. Like, you got to see this in person. It's nice to have the video and all the stuff. You got to see it in person. They know what they have with him. Jimmy Garcia, I think they finally figured out the guy needs a day's rest. You know what? Is it ideal? No. Can you manage your way around it? Yes. The question now to me, the, the, the remaining question in this bullpen is Tim Mazier. Can you get by without that lefty in the bullpen? That, to me, is the only, the only outstanding question right now. And, and, I, and I think we'll find out. I think we'll find out very quickly because you're right. Mays' velocity was fine. It's just the, the quality of the it pitches was. weren't that great. But a lot of the other stuff you saw, for a guy who's been out for a while, it was pretty good. I, th- I think both sides are pulling all the right strings. That means the coaching staff. That means the routines for the pitchers. You look at Jordan Romano. He's consistently throwing 98-99. We've Jimmy seen Garcia got 98 tonight, by the way. There you go. Anthony Bass is slider heavy. He's using his best pitch. He's going to live and die with it. It's a surprise with the hater. It's give you as many sliders and big-time – situations and that's the little key the last time we saw anthony bass as a blue jay big time situations sometimes the eyes got too big you're starting to see heart rates going down a little bit that would you know enable john snyder to use him a little bit more the guys whenever they're being called on are doing exactly what the blue jays are asking them to do and that's all you can ask for 416-870-0590 star 591 888-666-590 590-590 is the text line 3-2 the Blue Jays beating the Boston Red Sox they won the series they'll go for the sweep tomorrow 7-10 first pitch Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays Cutter Crawford for the Red Sox we'll take a break and wrap it up it's Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 the fan And now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet when the game's still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. A bunch of games going on right now involving wildcard teams. Uh, A couple of them over. The Cleveland Guardians shut out San Diego today, and the Chicago White Sox have just beaten the Baltimore Orioles 5-3. L.A., in Tampa Bay and Houston and many are going on as we speak. And a reminder, the Angels will be in town to face the Blue Jays in a three-game series starting Friday. So the standings, as they sit right now, the Yankees are off. They are, of course, still leading the American League East. They're 76-48. and 48. Tampa Bay is eight back, 67-55, tied with the Jays. The Orioles are two and a half back at 64 and 59, and the Boston Red Sox are in the process of burying themselves. They are 60 and 64 in the wild card race. Tampa Bay's a game and a half up. Toronto's a game up. The uh, Rays are 68 and 55. Toronto 67 55, and Seattle 67 and 57. And a reminder that the uh, Seattle Mariners, as we mentioned, do have two more games played than the Blue Jays. So the Jays and Rays are both two games up on Seattle in the loss column and uh, four games up on the Baltimore Orioles who are two and a half back. Minnesota's three and a half. Cleveland 
<clears throat> Kevin, we had we had Sean Casey on uh, last week, and he was saying he thinks he thinks Cleveland Cleveland's probably going to put this thing away. And I'm beginning I'm beginning to think that's the point as well. I'm beginning to think that that, uh, that Cleveland's in the process of wrapping up the Central here pretty soon. Well, not soon. There's sure. magic numbers out there, but they look like a team that's going to win that division. They're going to be a pain in the butt. Like, they put pressure on you offensively. Uh, they make you make quality pitch after quality pitch. They have plate coverage. Uh, they're competitive with two strikes, like I just mentioned. They hustle. They make you make plays defensively. I know that sounds simple. Oh, what? It's 2022. Nobody hustles down the line. They have an entire team that does that. So, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. They're getting, you know, some results from people you didn't expect it from. Their rotation's really good. They're about three or four deep than when other teams are not. They have a legit closer. They're going to be a handful. They can play defense. They can run the bases. Uh, they're going to be a handful. You're going to have to play really well to beat them. Yeah, they are going to. They are going to wear you down. They they are precisely the type of team. I I mean, it'll depend on the matchup. It'll depend on the matchup for them. But they are a team that um, they will make it difficult on you. They will absolutely make it difficult on you. And you know, there's a chance. Now, I mean, there's a chance, depending on how the way the wild card goes, the Jays could end up playing them uh, yeah. in, in the first round. And that's a tough matchup based on how they've played it, it, this It is. Team. Well, it, if, you could, if they could line it up and you have, you know, Bieber and McKenzie, if Bieber adds a couple more miles to the hour to the fastball and, and can expand with the slow secondary pitches, because he's very good at adding and subtracting because now he has to. He's very good at setting lanes and pitching away you know, from people's power, which is a big deal. He used to be able to come right after you both sides of the plate. Now he's a little smarter pitcher. You got a Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor's doing his thing. Like they're they're balanced, which is a let's, very hard thing to do. And they're a good let's team. Throw this out. Let's throw this out there, Kevin. Let's just say that uh, Cleveland wins the Central, and the wild card teams are Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle. What's your preferred matchup for the Blue Jays? I understand we're it's, it's August twenty fourth, but we're just hypothetically here. So you got a choice of those three teams. Do you have a preferred matchup for the Jays? Rays, Mariners, or Guardians? I'm almost going Rays, oddly enough. Well, I guess you could say the Rays because of their offensive woes. You see, you could, they're hit a lot of hit or miss. Like, you can punch them out. They don't have a lot of guys who want to let the ball travel, use the entire field. They're trying to go back like City, a bunch of guys. And then you got that rotation. You got that depth of that bullpen. You got different arm angles. You got Kevin Cash. He's not afraid to pull a guy anytime no. to play matchup so i'm not real sure i'm a fan of that i guess seattle seattle really? maybe would be the team look you know it's i know robbie ray you'd probably get him castillo you'd probably get him logan gilbert you know they're doing some things with the pitch counts and you're backing people off but i i just think if you had one team that you wanted to face i, I think the gardens would be a handful just because of their pesky they they are tough to beat you have to beat them and, and I just think you. right now they've the, beaten you this I, year. They know they can yeah, beat you. They're confident. Absolutely. So they have confidence doing it. So I, I think all three teams will be tough. I don't like the, the Rays pitching as a whole. I think they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, I, I think the Guardians, like I just mentioned, and the Mariners, there's a little unknown there just because they haven't been there in a long time. So if I had to pick, if you were making me, I'd pick the Mariners. 3-2 the final, the Blue Jays beating the Boston Red Sox in 10 innings. George Springer with the first pitch double, scoring Jackie Bradley Jr., the automatic runner in the 10th inning. Jordan Romano gets the save. Jose Barrios, six really 
good innings. The Jays will go for the series sweep against the Red Sox tomorrow. First pitches at 7:10 on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet Kevin Gossman on the mound, Cutter Crawford for the Boston Red Sox. A reminder, as always, that Blair and Barker will be on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet 360 tomorrow morning from 10 to noon Eastern. You can always catch us via podcast. If you can't get us live, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also, of course, listen to Blue Jays Talk via the podcast if you you don't catch us live. So... For all of us here, thanks so much for joining us in Blue Jays Talk, a winning edition of Blue Jays Talk. 3-2 the final score for the Blue Jays. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. <laughs>